Hey friends, before we dive into the episode, I've got something for healthcare professionals. Healthcare professionals, if you're locuming or going to locum, navigating it through multiple agents and agencies can be stressful. Back and forth emails and timesheets aren't needed in this era. What if there was an app where you could see the shift, the total pay, the hours and request to book it there and then? Well, there is. Locum's Nest connects healthcare professionals digitally to the NHS staff bank. The app connects already over 50,000 healthcare professionals to vacant work in over 50 NHS trusts and growing. Check it out yourself. That's Locum Nest. Let's get back to the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Scrub Den Podcast. I hope you've all been keeping well. This week we have with us another amazing guest. We have with us Dr. Asha Thompson, who is a specialist doctor in oral maxillofacial surgery. She's a senior clinical lecturer, probably one of the best universities in the world, which is KCL. Um, and she is back to being a medical student, which we'll touch on later. She's done so many incredible things in her career, even having won an MBE. But the one thing I noticed when I went on your social media today was you describe yourself as an unconventional oral maxillofacial clinician. Um, but it's a pleasure to having you on the show, Asha. How are you? Welcome to the show. I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So before we deep dive into kind of your journey to where you are today, tell us about the unconventional thing. It's the, it's the first thing on your bio. How, why would you describe yourself as unconventional? Why would I describe myself as unconventional? Well, what does unconventional mean? Um, I think that in healthcare, we are so focused on people being a set thing or going on a set path or being in a set speciality. Um, And I'm not the most conventional dentist. And that's why I describe myself as unconventional because I followed a route that I made myself in terms of my career, I guess. Career doesn't define us. Um, So my other unconventional aspects is I do other stuff outside of healthcare. Um, and I'm me and that's what makes me unconventional <laughs> which is amazing <laughs> which is good so we have a lot of listeners who are a bit confused as to the different type of guests we bring on board so tell us a bit about yourself in terms of what you do now so you're a fully qualified dentist yet you're back at med school again studying medicine so I'm sure a lot of listeners will be like what on earth is happening on here have the grubbing guys lost it so just shed some light on that situation <laughs> yeah, so that situation. So for the speciality of oral maxillofacial surgery, um, which a lot of people don't actually know what we do, mm. but um, we are a surgical speciality of the head and neck. Um, we focus on the teeth, the jaws. We deal with um, head and neck cancer. We treat head and neck trauma. We treat um, teeth. Um, so the surgical aspect of dentistry included in that speciality um, we have ward patients we have outpatients um, and in order to fully progress in that speciality you have to be duly qualified so you have to be a dentist and a doctor you can work within the speciality like I'm doing just now as a singly qualified dentist um, as a staff grade level is is the max that you could go um, but you can do like second on call and you can do basically what an oral maxillofacial surgery like reg would do but you would never be able to go further but that's what most people think that I'm doing medicine for but I'm actually doing medicine because I want to do it not because I have to do it and I think that's a difference uh which yeah I really loved how earlier on you said you've designed your career right so what I want to do is I want to really get into your mind now take us all the way back 
to sort of when you first started out sort of applying for dentistry what you were thinking then how you got in your journey to where you are now take us from the start to, so we can see how you've designed your career path I think that's quite that's a really good question so um I don't I think my mum would love me admitting this um I don't like to admit it but I guess if somebody tells me no or you can't um it just really encourages me mm. to be like yeah I'm gonna do that so I went to a I came I'm come from Scotland I'm based down south now but I um went to a school I think in England they Public schools mean something different, mm. but I went to like a non-private paid school. Not many of my peers had like career aspirations um, and I, it was very challenging actually. Um, and I was told by a teacher, you know, you're, you're doing well in your subjects, but like, I think you should consider a different like career when I was thinking about dentistry. Um, and I'm like, why? And they're like, well, you know, not many people from this kind of school or area would go down that route or even get into university. Um, I'm from a, a mixed race background. So my mum's uh, Indian um, and my dad's Scottish, but my mum was very focused on education, uh, as a lot of South Asians are. <laughs> and uh, she was like, no, no, girl, you're going to see me like, you're going to do this, this, this or this. But I was never forced into thinking of a pathway. I just had a little bit of influence from a kind of early age. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think that's where it started was that I got told by a teacher mm. um, no don't go down this route or reconsider and I think that's what happened in my career um dentistry is the same as medicine where you you know are expected to go down a particular Mm. pathway one route you have to follow everything in the time frame you have to watch your clock you have to build your career on what's been prescribed to Mm. you um, but what we forget is we prescribe for other people right so we should be prescribing for ourselves in our career um, and yeah, I guess that's what I did. I took opportunities that came my way and I built what I call a portfolio career where I did a mix of different things within my working week. Amazing. Perfect. So yeah. Uh, back when you were sort of 18 applying, why dentistry and not medicine? Because all of us medics are sitting oh, there thinking, oh, we should have maybe done dentistry and the dentists are saying we should have done medicine. <laughs> well, so I think that so it's a very controversial topic Obvi- right? obviously I was like oh you're this you're that um I thought about both at, at eight at that time um I'm not actually massively academic mm. probably in my my school I was I was uh seen to be academic but I wasn't like straight a student um I was really interested in human biology but I really loved um and it sounds a bit weird but I liked using my hands like practical stuff yeah. like I really loved like visualizing doing um and I actually probably took a bit of advice from too many people um so I took advice from medics who said you're a female mm-hmm. you know you'll probably go into GP uh you like using your hands and like you're never going to kind of go down the surgery route. So I think possibly dentistry. I spoke to dentists. Mm. I went and um, did a bit of work experience. Mm. And what happened was I did a work experience in an orthodontist, which was um, brace work, which no disrespect to orthodontists, lovely speciality, but just not for me. Mm. Um, But at that time, they worked with kids and I just found it so much fun working with children. So I had this thing that I thought I was going to be like an orthodontist, but it was really because I worked with kids. Um, 
And I guess I made the decision to apply for dentistry on the practical aspect Mm. of it more than anything at that time. But I applied for dentistry not fully knowing what dentistry involved. Um, And I do think they're very connected, medicine and dentistry. Absolutely. Tell us the dental school experience. Where did you study dentistry? How was that experience as a dental student? Yeah, so it was fun. I studied where my accent comes from. So I studied from Glasgow. Amazing. <laughs> um, and it was it was fun. So it's a five year degree. Um, it's very closed in. So dentists, no dentists. Yeah. They don't integrate really with any other uh, degree yeah. or like any, any other educational. What's the word? <laughs> <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Because um, there's a dental school. There's like 80 of you. Um, Actually, I went to uh, dental school at 17 years old because um, Scotland is a bit different in terms of age and you can go mm. earlier. So I was 17 when I went. Amazing. So that's a child really, <laughs> <Yeah>. in my <laughs> eyes. <clears throat> and um, it, it's a lot of responsibility because at the age of, what, 19, I was treating patients. Oh, wow. wow. Okay. Um, and you're responsible with your hands mm. on another human being to administer drugs, local anaesthetic, yeah. to treat their teeth which they use to smile, to eat. Yeah. So um, a lot of responsibility. Um, it was fun. I loved it. I studied beauty therapy at the same mm. time. Um, and I worked in retail. Um, so I had quite a kind of a busy. portfolio life then as well. <laughs> amazing, amazing. So in terms of when you say you've done retail, you've done also a beauty and therapy course, when you did all of those things, how did you go about juggling all of that? Because I think I think on Twitter I was discussing this with someone as well in the sense that a lot of people say, I don't have time. Uh, what would you say to people who say at med school and at dental school and on any other degree at all when they say, I don't have time? I think that time comes with your priorities. Mm. So that whole, I don't have time, I don't really, I don't buy that. You just don't want to have time, I think is is it. So I'm not some superhuman person that, you know, was juggling all these different things because I have extra hours in my day that nobody <laughs> else has. I still had a social life. I still see my family. I think it's just about time management. And I think that people really struggle with managing their time. They procrastinate so much. Yeah. Um, and I came from somewhere where I had to work to earn mm-hmm. um, while I was at university. Um, so, you know, I didn't really have that, oh, do you know what, should I work, should I not? Yeah. I, I, I needed to work. Mm-hmm. So you kind of don't have an option sometimes mm-hmm. and you just get on with it. Yeah. Um, I'm a massive advocate for like, you know, well-being and self-care mm-hmm. and like not taking too much on your plate. Um, but yeah i think you make time for what what you want to make time for definitely what so a key thing we have lots of dental students that listen in on the podcast they're all kind of looking at people like yourselves who you know are kind of a lot further down the career path kind of in a glitzy role having you know an awesome social life and they want to be like you and they think it's all roses and daisies and you know (laughs) tell us kind of the obstacles and challenges you faced uh, kind of break it down the reality of it all because I know kind of getting to where you are now it hasn't come without graft and struggle and you know you didn't get there overnight right 
Yeah, I wonder if any of my actual students will be listen, <laughs> listening to me. Hi. Um, I, yeah, the thing is, I've absolutely loved my journey because I've loved my journey for what it is. I don't look and think, I don't compare myself to what the next person's doing. I get inspired by people around me, but and I want to collaborate, but I don't compare or compete. What happens is when people are in dental school, they go on social media and social media on Instagram, etc., wasn't as big mm. when I was at dental school. Um, dentistry has become, you know, Instagram's a very big platform for dentistry. Yeah. But the dentistry you see on social media is not not really what I view dentistry as. Um, that's a aspect of it. So it's cosmetic dentistry and that's a speciality and it is needed. Um, and it's, you know, a speciality or an area where people might go into it. Um, but that's not my dentistry. So my dentistry was always, you know, I went into dentistry to help people as well. So as much as I'm talking about, you know, working with kids and stuff, I, I always loved helping people. You know, you get to put people out of pain, get to use your hands, all that sort of stuff. But I think that dental students are listening to this need to decide what type of dentist they want to be. Um, mm. And I categorize dentistry into, you know, the kind of cosmetic glitzy, teeth whitening, restorative, um, like fillings and nice bright white smiles. Or you've got the medical dentistry where mm. it's the, you know, diseases of the head and neck. You've got the surgery of the head and neck. Um, and I think that you need to really consider what, what type of dentist you want to be. And you need to think about why you went into the profession. Yeah. Um, and there's no right or wrong because there's there's different aspects of it. But yeah, so it's not easy. Um, but anything in life isn't easy. <laughs> um, you just have to work through it. And you have to, uh, one of the biggest bits of advice I guess I'd say to them is that um, if you're not happy in what you're doing within that profession, then you you need to look at other avenues because you should never be waking up in the morning thinking, I don't want to go to work. You get too many dental teachers mm. um, that put people off. Oh my God, you're coming into this career and it's this and that. Actually, that's because they don't like what they do yeah. and that's their problem and they should change that. Um, so yeah. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I can see it with the smile on your face right now. Um, any particular challenges or um, low moments in your journey to where you are today where you thought, oh, that was a real challenging period of my life? Yeah, of course. I mean, like, we all look at what people are doing and all the fabulous aspects of their life, mm. right? Um, you don't see you know the struggles and I'm very open about challenges to, to hope that somebody can um, learn from it I have had um, being a female in surgery um, I'm also in a, a non-clinical leadership role as well and um, you know with my personality you're saying I'm smiling I'm smiling at the end <laughs> of a screen um, that's not easy because that's not the standard uh, prescribed uh, surgeon mm. or um, somebody delivering a, a regional project. I'm me and I'm not going to change that. Um, and being me has been a challenge, mm. but it's something that I will never change. And actually has, instead of it making it a challenge and making it something like, oh, you know, um, I'm not as savage as other people or this and that mm. i have turned it around mm. and made it positive and utilized my skills and the the positives that i have in order to progress and obtain opportunities and to develop myself um i think that i have 
had a lot of negativity um which most people will get Mm -hmm. and unfortunately we're in professions where you know it can become competitive um in order to get to places and it shouldn't be like that Mm. but it is um and you you get you can get let down you can feel that Mm. from the pressure around you um and you i've had that um and yeah i mean academically i'm not i I wouldn't say that i'm a massively academic person Mm. i have to study when i need to study (laughs) like anyone you know these people at at dental school or medical Mm. school that would be like oh yeah i've not done any work right i've not done anything liars the number one liars and it's like like, yeah like to oh no no i've not done anything like i was the person that like if it was before an exam and i hadn't done something i had not done something (laughs) or i was the person that's like still slogging it out studying and the people are like yeah i'm not going to touch that absolutely of course you are (laughs) like there's no way and i think I think, you know, you get completely into that uh, mindset of being like, oh my God, um, why do I have to like do all this and nobody needs to do that? So I think that, yeah, that's that's something you learn no, definitely. With, with age. What's nice to hear is you've kind of embraced who you are as an individual and you've kind of make it work for you. You've taken everything in your stride, which is really important for people to kind of hear, especially our listeners who are kind of getting into dental school or medical school, a lot of imposter syndrome going around. Um, kind of missed a year due to COVID and trying to make new friends. Um, going back to dental school, you finished dental school, you're super happy, you graduated. Tell us how it works after you graduate. So obviously as medics, you do two years of foundation training. How does it work for dentists? Did you stay in Scotland? Did you move back to London or how did it work? Yeah, so the equivalent of dental um, or medical foundation training is dental foundation training and you have to do one year where you work in a NHS general practice. Mm -hmm. Um, It's the the most ridiculous process I went through, but basically this thing came online and there was like three million practices that (laughs) were available. You had to like search, you had to like hand your CV in, you had to go meet them. There's all this like backhanded, like, you know, somebody phoning you and telling you they're going to put you number one and you put that, oh my God, it's crazy. So anyway, um, I got this really cool practice where um, there was like, it was all male dentists I was working with actually. It was just myself that was the only female. Um, And I was like the baby, I guess. So they looked after me, but they were all different specialities. And uh, my principal was a... uh, He's, he was doing studying medicine at the time mm. um, and you know he was like come on like I'm going to set up these lists for you you're going to do some surgery and I'm like oh I'm scared <laughs> I'm not the surgical person um, and yeah so you do one year okay. um, and then you decide whether you want to stay in general practice mm. become a dentist yeah. that you think about when you say the word dentistry yeah. um, or you do further training which that's the route I went down Fine. so tell us about that so you've done your year in a normal dentist, which what the general population kind of know. And then I think it gets a bit confusing for what you did next because it's not conventional, right? Uh, we don't really hear about it. Um, so where did you do that? How did you even become an oral maxillofacial surgeon? So you then, at that stage, mm-hmm. you can decide, I'm going to go do medicine. Okay. You can do that if you want. Mm. Um, and in the back of my head, I think I always knew I was going to do medicine, okay. but I just didn't know when the right time for me would be. Mm. So 
I did my first training post. I wanted to be a pediatric dentist. So throughout dental school, you know, they kept saying like, we'll see you when you come back and yeah. you specialize in peds. But I had an oral surgery uh, consultant who said to me, come back and do oral surgery. And I was like, absolutely no way. Like, I'm too scared. Like, <laughs> I'm too soft for that. He's like, no, 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 no. It's very similar to peds and all this. So you can do dental core training okay. where you can do a maximum of three years of dental core training. And that can be... It's national recruitment based. So it's quite like your medical training yeah, yeah. as well. Um, so literally you can get placed anywhere depending on how you rank as SGT interview, all that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, and I got ranked number third in Scotland because it was a national recruitment um, process in oh, Scotland wow. only. Mm -hmm. So I had the opportunity to pick what I wanted Amazing. really. Um, and I got told that MaxFax was a, a good thing to have as a tick box on your CV yeah. um, because of the trauma yeah. for peds. Yeah. So I thought, do you know what? I'm going to get it out of the way. Like, so I don't need to do it again. I'm just going to bite the bullet. Um, and I picked the post that it was six months MaxFax, six months uh, peds. And it was like yeah. community setting, special mm. care, special um, care patients. Um, and I did the six months MaxFax, which was the most craziest time of my entire life and when you're talking about challenging situations yeah. put a dentist who has been working for one year in people's mouths just fixing you know treating learning and then straight into a hospital ward looking <laughs> after patients and itu looking after ward patients head and neck patients having to do bloods cannulas catheters Crazy, yeah. <laughs> getting bleeped in the middle of the night to deal with the trauma like mm. yeah how was that transition <laughs> so um I, so I did ITU as an SHO and we had loads of traumas like gunshot wounds to the hair, you know, mouth, jaw. We used to call Max Facts constantly. They used to be annoyed. Um, how was the transition <laughs> kind of from dentistry? And I know dental offices are nice and fancy. You got a receptionist <laughs> and you got like compliments and refreshments, right? And then you end up in the NHS hospital, which I'm sure with a with couch in the mess with mice in it. Yeah. So um, <laughs> how was that transition kind of going from like a dental practice to working in a busy hospital, learning how to cannulate, do bloods? Firstly, what hospital are you at that there's mice running out every of mess, your mess? Every oh mess in the country. Yeah. I'm not joking. Oh dear. I hope not. Um, <laughs> it was... Oh my God, it was challenging. Like I was, I got told not to apply for the post I applied for because mm. I got told like, you will not survive. Mm. It is crazy. crazy. It's a trauma center, yeah. this and that. And I was like, again, just going back to when someone tells me not to, I was like, screw it, I'm gonna yeah. do it. And it, it was difficult. And there was at one point of that post that I stood in the center of the hospital. I had bleep, bleep, bleep. I was lost oh, wow. going down to a &E because there was multiple patients. There was a kid got like mauled in the face by a dog. Ah. Um, there was a guy kicking off in the ward because he hadn't been seen, but he wasn't urgent. The phlebotomist phoned in sick. I can see you guys getting stressed thinking yeah. about this because you're it's like, an oh, SJT God, question God, here. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, <laughs> I was literally just like, I, I can quit. I can just walk out, I can go, <laughs> yeah. this is it. What am I doing with my life? I have made the decision to stand here and put myself in the situation. What is wrong with me? And then I thought, no, that was actually a turning point in my brain. Mm. I can't tell you how or why. I just had two options, yeah. give up or, or, or you know, Get through keep it. going. Yeah. Um, and I kept going and, and people quitted in that post. Oh, wow. um, it was very difficult. 
but it was the most learning I've had in my whole life. I learned about myself as a person. Mm. I pushed myself to extremes. And I then went on to my community pediatric post and like loved it. I was like, great, phew. <laughs> no. Do you know? Oh no, okay. I then was like, oh my god, there's a gap in my life. <laughs> yeah. That, you know that buzz, yeah. that thing that I was like, oh my god, I missed the bleak. Yeah. I missed that. Oh, okay. And that's what happened. That's when my life got ruined. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That's when my life changed. <laughs> I think uh, you you touched on something very important. You you used the line, um, I learn about myself and I think that's what it is for us medics and dentists when we do all these different rotations we we don't necessarily quit anything what we're doing is just learning what we like and don't like and pick the one thing that does sort of uh, get us excited to wake up in the morning so absolutely absolutely amazing 100% and I tell all the dental students that I come across do a dental core training post in MaxFax mm -hmm. It's not about learning how to do this and that. You've yeah. got your whole life to do that. Exactly. It's about learning about yourself, pushing yourself to the limits. Yeah. And yeah, 100%. No, amazing. Um, amazing. Yeah, even up to that point, you've had such like an awesome career, <laughs> bits and everything. What happened next? And at this time, you're still in Scotland, right? <laughs> you've, you've, you're doing all of this <laughs> yeah. in Scotland. Um, still in Scotland. So you've done your community placement. And then how does your career move forward from there? So I was very confused because I was like, oh God, I thought I was going to do peds. Yeah. And now I'm like, like in surgery, this is weird. Um, and I locumed while I was in my peds post um, because I needed to just keep getting that buzz. Mm. And what I then did was I progressed on to dental core training too. Cool. So you've got three, three years maximum you can do. And at that point, Scotland and England merged into the whole national recruitment. Okay. Um, so I selected jobs based on... Um, surgery and peds only mm -hmm. the surgery jobs I put I wanted it to be more oral surgery based which means that it is separate from oral maxillofacial surgery mm -hmm. because you have to only be singly qualified mm -hmm. and that's a speciality of dentistry and um, I got a job in Essex so I moved I just left and <laughs> uh, came uh, to Scotland uh, to Scotland oh. to England and I was only meant to be here for a year and I'm still here okay. um <laughs> Um, and I pursued that post. I had a little bit of on-call, um, but it was mostly oral surgery based, but it, I still did on-call, but in a different hospital. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to see if that's the route I wanted to go down. So at that point, I made the decision MaxFax would be crazy because I seen the people that did MaxFax, like, you know that way when you look at people and you're like, oh my God, those people, like they did this and they did two degrees and wow. you know, wow. Yeah, like, awesome. Wow, it's like, oh my God. I'm like, wow, no, that yeah. can't be that yeah. person because it's just too like, whoa. You're, you're so mimicking like, me when Abdul told me you were coming onto the show. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was saying, like, wow. No, but it's, you, do you know what it is? Medicine is hard enough as it is. Dentistry is hard enough as it is, right? And then you, because when even when we were at Kings, we had the dentist who finished dentistry and then started doing medicine, and they joined our cohort. Yeah. And you're thinking you're wild, you're just wild. <laughs> who on earth does these dual degrees to become like all my facial? Like, is it really worth it? Like, what's the novelty of it? So, uh, so I do get that appeal, and clearly, I have a feeling the people that really do pursue it really do genuinely love it. Yeah. Um, and it's a very like competitive. I think it's hyper competitive actually, and. Um, how many oral maxillofacial surgeons would you say are in the country? It can't be that many compared to like general surgeons and dentists, right? I literally can't even. There's there's definitely less. Yeah. Uh, but I can't. I wouldn't be able to put a number yeah. on it because mm. like 
do you know what's funny is like I just because I just stopped stressing out about like you know when you're saying competitive yeah. I wouldn't even know yeah, yeah I just yeah. don't know mm. like I don't even think about it I'm like cool whatever, <laughs> whatever. like when that happens it'll, it'll happen. happen I'm just but that is because you know again referring back to the kind of uh low times um I was going to pursue oral surgery um and I tried to get into speciality twice mm-hmm. and I didn't um and the third time I still pursued it even though I knew I was going to do medicine mm-hmm. um and um I got in okay and I needed to do that to re- like to prove to myself so, that I wasn't running away from it um but it that was the most competitive process yeah. and the most like oh my god it's like you could literally be take it's like dialysis it t- took the blood out of me basically <laughs> and like <laughs> and I was like oh my god but by that point I'm so glad I didn't get in yeah. because I developed so much yeah. more and I learned so much more and I realized my pathway so yeah amazing <laughs> definitely and how, how are you so how does it work now so whilst you're studying medicine uh, are you still working or are you locoming or how does that work now? How how do you balance those two now? Let's just say so. Uh, <laughs> I did a I did a fellowship, um, at, which then allowed me to pick up a non clinical role, and mm-hmm. um, so I've got like essentially like a project management type role, um, that's from home. So that's quite good because that can essentially it's not fixed date and mm-hmm. time. Um, let's just say I kept my other roles, but. Mm just took a, a step back from the contract basis oh, I so see. Nice. I have part-time job okay. <laughs> but I'm a full-time student amazing, amazing. <laughs> perfect you know what we'll, I mean we'll, we'll swiftly move on <laughs> on, on that note like can you imagine pe- people that are clinical going into a clinical speciality that have to full-time uh be a student yeah and are going into a clinical surgical speciality and there's no like support to say mate you need to keep up your shift exactly you yeah yeah to... yeah it's a bit wild i don't know i think some of the stuff you have to do to get to certain positions and places in medicine dentistry it feels a bit i don't know unfair naive mm. and you're thinking like how can this ever happen so um yeah i don't want to really go down that route <laughs> but um, i was going to say you're obviously a med student at king's probably the best medical school in the world um i'm not <laughs> <laughs> i'm at oh sorry Oh my oh, god, this guy teach, has been saying I, I kings. I teach at Kings, <laughs> yeah. but it, it's fine. That's that's the best. Uh, yeah. so, <laughs> whatever. <fair enough. laughs> but, um, Do you know the reason why I didn't apply for Kings yeah. is for people that are listening, yeah. actually. Um, Bart's has a three-year medical degree for postgrads. Is Kings oh, is wow. Okay. Yeah. Three years is a lot shorter. So, <laughs> so yeah. Now that's yeah. a lot intense, though. One year. That's crazy. Amazing less money as well yeah and of course um <laughs> so, yeah. how is it being back into your student do you feel like a student you know you get the buzz of being like a student fresher is it the same thing now or is it more like i'm here i need to get in get out kind of move on with my career or are you kind of embracing the student life as well having kind of done it already do you know what i mean <laughs> i think like i maybe took the biscuit the first time as a student yeah. like i probably had too much of a social life um, and I really enjoyed it. Um, but I think that this time I I was so busy up until starting university. Yeah. Um, I only applied for two of the I you know 
I just kind of let the path take its course. So I was I was quite surprised. I didn't think the interview went very well and it was very competitive. I got told that mm. if you don't have affiliation with Barch, you'll not get in mm. and I don't yeah. and I did. So that's another pointer. If anyone tells you this nonsense that you'll never get in yeah. if you don't work there, that's nonsense too. Um, yeah, I mean, I am a student. I have to say, I got really, you know, told and warned that I'm going to get treated like this and that, mm-hmm. and you're going to be a medical student, and you're going to find it very difficult. Yeah. Like, literally, I've had nothing but, like, adult peer learning, like, mm. complete support Good. from doctors, mm-hmm. teachers. Obviously, that's not going to be for the whole three years. There'll be people that are not so great. <laughs> but I've, I've really been welcomed. At some aspects, I don't tell people who, like, my experience, I just like drop it just pretend i'm not because i'm lying about it it's just what's the point yeah um in other areas i'll kind of just say yeah it's fine you know when someone someone's like do you want me to watch you do the bloods i'm kind of like you can but like (laughs) i've done it a million times before and i teach it but it's up to you and then it's like oh okay do you just go do it like that sort of stuff get it signed off that's a bit Um, weird isn't it yeah, that'd be weird when you've got someone who can fully manage a patient. Because you're a medical student, right? Yeah, like... Because like, like, we were useless medical students. So you didn't have to do anything properly. So, But whereas there's someone like you who's done it, you know, you did it as a job, and then you're here, like a, a, a naive little junior doctor <laughs> teaching you how to like, do bloods and cannulas, which he probably, you know, couldn't get Yeah, she's more himself. senior than the F1 that's probably teaching her. Yes. So, yeah. so how is that relationship? What's that, 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 what's that like? <laughs> well, I, I think that... Some people would struggle with it, I think, because some people would be like, I mean, I've some of the F1s have panicked a little bit, <laughs> been like, and then I'm like, it's okay, chill. Other, But most people I just don't say, because I just think, well, what's the point? Unless like someone's really starting to give me a lot of teach, I'm like, look, you don't need to waste your time for their benefit yeah. more than yeah, mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We learn a lot in terms of ward patients and stuff. Yeah. Mm. But the thing actually with medicine is, mm-hmm. is that I learned a lot, like, had to learn it okay yeah um as in not maybe fully understand it but you had to pick it up you had to learn it you had to know that that blood means that in that situation and this and that yep but now it's like piecing the jigsaw so actually even though we know a lot actually we still you know people explain things you're like oh right that makes more sense yeah but what will be weird is in one of the hospitals i might be on placement Mm. I'm like second on call in that hospital. Mm. So if I'm like doing second on call night, then <laughs> oh I'm like, if, if I was the F1, I'd just turn to you and say, you lead the ward round, I will document. Oh, do you know what? <laughs> Knowing me, I'd feel very like, I don't know what the word is like. You know when you, it's, I'll tell you what it is. It's, it's like, I was like them dumb F1s, but I knew the medical students were like a bang out. Like he knew more about the rotation than me, right? <laughs> So like I had to pretend and like this is a document, this is a good F1. And I used to pray they didn't ask me any complicated medical knowledge, right? So like I'll be that guy, I'll just kind of divert and teach them something else. <laughs> um, the funny thing is I can read some people as well. Yeah. Like I can read when I know that they're like BS yeah. and I'm like, that's cool. I've done that before, but it's okay. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> they, don't, they don't know that I know, yeah. but I'm just like, okay. Or someone's teach like was telling me something, and I'm like, that's that's a bit wrong, yeah. but okay. But no we'll worries. keep it moving. <laughs> yeah, I know that's 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 me, man. Like the, the worst um, thing you have this like super smart medical student, and you're like, crap, man. Just don't ask me. <laughs> like, please don't show me in front of my boss. Yeah, just don't show me up. Um, no, but, but that's that's good fun. Um, I was gonna ask, so as soon as you kind of graduate med school what's the plan then how does it work do you still need to do foundation training f1 f2 or can you skip that 
and then kind of become the surgeon, if that makes sense. Yeah, so what it, the, the pathway's really quite weird, yeah. I think, um, especially because they allow singly qualified dentists to basically do the role I'm doing just now. Mm-hmm. So essentially I'm in a reg role, but it's an on-training role, yeah. and then I have to kind of fight to go into a reg role, I guess. Yeah. Um, Technically, you need to do F1, F2 and one year core surgical. Um, There's talk about change and there's talk about skip because I've done dental core training. There's still a lot of like changing. So I'm kind of letting that be till I I finish. Everyone asks me, what's my plan? And I'm like, well, I don't know. Like literally I could finish med school and be like, I want to, I'm really massively into education. I love education. Mm, Um, Medical and dental. So got interest in that Mm. I love surgery obviously but like you know as I go through medicine there might be something that I'm like exactly take it as it comes there's a whole world out there yeah that's (laughs) that's the thing I like about you it's quite good is um some people are very rigid in the in the career path and they're kind of like this is the way you have to do it so and so did it like this and they may not necessarily like what they're doing but it's the predetermined path to doing something and they kind of stick to it and like you said they may be the people that hate coming into work on a Monday morning. And then you have someone like yourself who's willing to try new things. And if you see something you like, you're happy to pursue it. And you're not kind of following this preset, predetermined path um, to kind of achieve. You know what you enjoy, what you want to be, um, mm. which is quite impressive. And then it reminded me of the question I was going to ask you. You impressively were awarded an MBE. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so... <laughs> Tell us what that is. How did you manage to get it? Um, you've got loads of accolades, and I'm sure a lot of people are like, "I want to be like a," you know, like. By the way, when he when I sort of had a quick Google search, I was like, "Doctor, you sure it's this lady here? <laughs> <laughs> MBE on the scrubbed in show?" We we're trying I was to figure like... out like what degree is it, but then we realized <laughs> it's not a degree; it's, it's an actual award. That's this cool. stuff isn't in our vocabulary or at med school. You can't win. You can't just win this. Tell us how you actually got it. Oh my god, this is such a funny story. <laughs> um, basically, if, I don't know who's going to end up getting their hands on this podcast and listen to this, which is so funny. Um, I didn't know what an MBE was till a few years ago okay. when um, a, a colleague, like a very, very senior colleague, mm. you know, posted something on social media. And I was like, oh, what is that? That's cool. Yeah. And I was like, interesting. Awesome. He's mm. really cool. Yeah. Uh, one day I had a, a, a phone call um, on my phone, a voicemail, and it was from the cabinet office. And they were like, you've not replied to our email. You need to contact us urgently. Atrocious. And I, for my dad, yeah, I was like, I, I was really upset, actually. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, there was one parking ticket where I parked <laughs> in, a, in, in a place in London. And it was like some somebody's place. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, I don't know if I paid it. Mm. And oh my God, I'm going to get arrested. <laughs> like, that's it. And my dad was like, okay, um, I think you should like search your email. So I searched my NHS net, nothing. Mm. I have a Hotmail email, but I don't really use it for like, it's, you know, when you sign up to stuff, you just yeah, put that one in. So I've got like probably, yeah. <laughs> like I've got like 3 million yeah. emails in that Hotmail <laughs> one probably. They just don't get opened. And uh I then searched that and it was like this thing that said like you've been nominated for an MBE mm. and it said you have to like accept it via this deadline and I'd missed the deadline. Ah. Um, and at that point I was like, 
okay and it says you can't tell anyone and blah 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 and there's a thing called an embargo which i had to google mm-hmm. and it's basically like you are um like policed you're like governed by the government not to tell oh, anybody wow. about this yeah, right okay. i was like so my dad's like think i'm about to get arrested yeah. so i'm like no dad is fine don't worry yeah. and i'm like i think this is a scam okay. yeah like is it a scam um and i phoned there was like two things and it was in my email and i'm like surely something like this would come like in the post yeah, right exactly. like why would it be like in my hotmail and like this is a scam <laughs> and i'm a bit of a like naive person to scam so i phoned them and i was like look i'm really stressed out i'm really busy i've got a lot on my plate can you just tell me this is a scam so we can just move on i know like and the lady was like laughing and she was like actually we normally send it by post but because of covid we we had to do email electronic wow. and i was like so is this real i was like well what who's done this and she was like it's confidential we can't tell you unless they and i'm like what is going on <laughs> and i was like well i've missed the deadline so yeah, assume yeah. that's it then like and um she was like no 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 like that's why we're contacting people so that's fine um so i phoned so i was like right okay she was like do you accept do you need to like do it in written thing mm-hmm. and i'm like what is this like i'm so confused mm-hmm. uh, she's like you can buy your go your dress and hat to meet the queen i was what? like girl i'll be wearing a sari if yeah. this is real. <laughs> um, and yeah and i had to not tell anyone like it was the weirdest thing in my life because i thought that it i basically thought i'd been scammed yeah. i didn't think it was real yeah i was like cringing myself because i was like i think this is gonna happen and then they released this document and i was like it's obviously not gonna happen and then i'm like like who's gonna believe that this happened and then it did and you get it and i'm actually on the 14th of december i go to windsor castle to like (laughs) incredible absolutely incredible um no i have my suspicions i didn't realize the process was so like crazy like you have to have references and application forms Mm. But what does disappoint me, and I'm very open to say it on this podcast, if somebody, you know, picks this up, but um, I had a lot of male healthcare professionals, doctors and dentists, mm-hmm. um, contact me to ask me how I applied, oh, wow. as if, like, this was an application process. <laughs> um, and fair enough if you didn't know, but if you know what it is, then it's a really weird question. Yeah. Um, you know what the application how much money I paid oh how they can God. get it yeah. because they want to get it and what advice I have for them applying and I was like really <laughs> that kind of leads to another question and I think you touched on it before I must on a story how do you deal with kind of the male agenda kind of like it coming in imposing mm. you know female shouldn't be doing this I don't be doing a certain career or certain specialty um, or underplaying your achievements because that MBE is is something that like you said you didn't expect you thought it was a scam you've been nominated for your work for the things that you've done you deserve it so when people make that comment we make those comments as if you bought it how do you how do you sort of bat that away and sort of say no I'm not letting that affect me I think that actually like I'm not some like guru person that like literally doesn't get affected by anything. <laughs> mm-hmm, I think exactly. I just it more shocks me that somebody's mindsets like that's why I don't let it affect me. I'm more like, wow, you're really <laughs> that type of person. Mm. Oh my goodness, how do you how do you live your life like exactly. that? Like that that really shocks me. 
Um, and it's more, you know, my response to most of them was, how how do you, so you guys have asked me, right? I've told you my story yeah. and that's my authentic story yeah. of what happened. Yeah. And But how would you want to respond when someone asks you how you got it? Are you going to tell them you paid? Because there's some companies that charge like 100K or something, 10,000, 20,000. Yeah, what it's mad. I didn't know hell? any of this. People, I don't know how successful these people are. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it goes any further or what yeah. happens, but... You know, when people are asking, I'm like, well, how, how do you want to respond? When someone says, how did you get that? Are you going to say, oh, I paid exactly, for it? Yeah, exactly. Because, um, I think I just see it as a reflection of those people, yeah. mm. but I'm I'm quite fast to kind of, uh, I don't know, um, read people yeah. maybe. Mm, 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 mm. So once I get that vibe, mm. I'm very much like, okay, cool. That's you. Mm. That's fine. That's your decision to be like that. But that's not me. No, that's good. Um, Amazing. No. So, yeah. A yeah. testament, a testament to you, a testament to your work. Um, did oh, you say you're going in December? Is it you're going to in? Yeah. Oh man, are you going to live stream it or something for us? <laughs> I don't feel allowed. Insta to do live <laughs> with the Queen or something like that, please. <laughs> Let, I think the Queen's poorly or something. I heard, oh, so no. like, she's I not doing yeah. any. Um, oh, oh, I don't think I'll be able to meet her, but I mean, yeah. No, they'll postpone they'll, it. Like... They'll, you'll meet. Yeah, they'll just postpone it. Huh? They'll just postpone it, isn't it? Well, they postponed it quite a few times and then this is the next time and they've reduced the people you take and all this sort of stuff. So, uh, um, yeah, but I mean, I'm not complaining. Yeah, I yeah. didn't ever expect to be going <laughs> to, go to Winter Castle and just be like, hi, hi there. Then I'll probably trip and fall when oh, I'm going to get this award <laughs> or like something like that. Can, can you make sure your parents uh, record it on their phones at, at the bare minimum, okay? Yeah. yeah. And then a trip. Yeah. I, I ordered my sari though. I did. I did order. I was like, do you know what? Everyone wears suits and hat, and I'm like, nah. My gran, like my or my nanny, she travelled from India. Yeah. Um, you know, taught with her sari when I was like, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna go get that. That is, I'm, I'm so, so happy yeah. for them. I'm repping it I'm so for the happy. South Asians. No, that's good. It's good. <laughs> so happy. As, as you should, which is, which is really impressive. Um, I'm conscious of time. I know you're super busy, um, but we always like to end the podcast with advice you'd like to give, perhaps to yourself mm. when you were younger. Um, something that's quite nice, inspirational to our listeners. You're full of gems and wisdom, yeah. albeit slightly unconventional, but <laughs> do share some with us. You're like a little bit crazy, you're going to change that word. <laughs> wow, advice. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have to cut this short because I can talk for hours. Um, I think the biggest thing that I've learned in my life is authenticity yeah. and being yourself. Everyone tries in this world to try and be someone that they might aspire mm. to be but they lose themselves in that mm. and I think it's really important that even if somebody's like you you know role modeling have them as a mentor have them to guide and support you but don't try and be someone or something you're not yeah. because mm. at the end of the day that mask will either come on top of you and affect you and your mental health mm. first of all because you're not showing your real identity or the other thing is is what it will do is you 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 it will drop one day that mask will come off and it's a lot of a it's a really big burden to try and be something yeah. you're not so be yourself the biggest thing and the best thing you can be and the the biggest skills you have and qualities is is yourself that no one else has mm. none of us are the same um and whether you're an extrovert introvert smiley grumpy like utilize your like yourself and um, 
And my second one that I will say to every single person is just be kind. Like yeah, there is no amazing. need in this world to just, yeah. Kindness, it comes a long way. You do something good for someone, like your whole world is just filled with that. It's not about, you know, expecting something back. It's just like the way the universe works. Um, and people don't see that. And, you know, we don't see it enough. Definitely. And the more people I ask to do that, I'm sure this world will change Definitely. into this fluffy fairy tale that <laughs> yeah. I hope it will be. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. One, one more message that I'd like from you. And this is speaking from yourself directly to a, a, a female in dentistry or medicine. Um, aspiring to go, get into the world of surgery who often comes across the same comments that you've heard which is that females shouldn't do surgery they they just become a GP or whatever um, what would you say directly to them as someone who has done both medicine is sorry is completing medicine has done dentistry is a surgeon um, what would you say to those individuals you know what I find really funny is that being a female is so powerful and I would say to that person we get so warped up in victimization just in this world mm. actually every kind of aspect or protected characteristic does have its powers yeah. and actually being a female is really powerful and in surgery utilizing your femininity mm. or if that's even a word <laughs> um it is super powerful and like I, I said this before on some webinars one time but it's so true you know in terms of leadership stuff or like development of projects and stuff like that or you know you if you've not got a seat at the table first of all grab the seat at the table like take your own seat like second of all if you want to wear lipstick you wear lipstick I've been told too many times like you know surgeons don't you know you know think about what you're wearing to that meeting or whatever and now I don't wear anything inappropriate <laughs> let's just add like I just you know I got told not to dress too nice okay whatever what that does that even mean like, what does that skirt. mean yeah. I don't know what that means either <laughs> and I don't have this massive wardrobe like I half the time I'm wearing trainers and my leggings yeah. but um yeah if you want to wear lipstick wear lipstick like you don't need to change and we see females in in surgery um trying to take on a masculine uh, yeah. kind of mm. take um, when that's actually not them and they've had to do that because they feel that they need to um, mirror the people they're with actually you don't need to do that and and I have to say I have met some really incredible yeah. like males that are just so like yeah girl you go you go you <laughs> Amazing. go so you know don't get scared by being the only female in the room actually it's it's really fun yeah <laughs> amazing um so yeah Definitely. That's what I'd say. Amazing. Thanks for that. Thank you. I think um, we love this. It was nice to get to know you. I know we've been trying to schedule this. You're super busy. <laughs> um, it's good fun. I think it's always nice for us to hear other people's story. Um, there's loads of things that people can listen and be inspired and kind of like, you know, these are the ways I can do it. A lot of gems. Um, we want to thank you again, Asha. Uh, thank you so much to do this. you are going to be a bad ass surgeon for sure yeah. <laughs> but you're going to be like the kind ones right um, so, and one that's met the queen how many yeah. surgeons oh, have done yeah. that yeah exactly so um no oh guys gas me over here just remember us no thank you thanks for having me thanks for reaching out thanks for doing what you nah. do as well because actually if it wasn't for these platforms people don't hear people's no, stories that's true so, no yeah, it's been it's a pleasure where did you let the gassing is that a london thing you picked up in london 
Oh my yeah, God. where did you pick up that one? Yeah, listen, they don't. I'm like, I have like a little book. <laughs> don't really, but I've asked some of my friends, yeah. like, can you tell me some London words? Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's been quite like I still get confused, and sometimes I've used them in the wrong yeah. context. People are like, don't say that, yeah. just don't say that. <laughs> but yeah, did I say it you well? Did it come out quite natural? You know what? <laughs> that, that is the highlight of the podcast. I tell you why, right? Obviously, we're, we're probably you know similar background. We came from you know the council estates of London. I used to speak a lot of slang and kind of single-handedly destroyed my cohorts, you know, English and all kind of spring broken English with a lot of <laughs> slang, right? And I kind of perfected mine in the meantime. But um, anytime someone speaks slang or says one of those words, it just takes me back to when you're like a teenager wandering the streets of London. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you're going to hear me walking about hospital. Yeah. Guys, I don't know where you work, but you might have me as your student one day or your F1. Yeah. Or... <laughs> oh. I'm like, hey, gassing me up. <laughs> no, Hopefully cool. one day. That'd be quite cool. Be That'd be to cool work to you. work I'm with sure you. We'll have a lot of fun. That'd be cool. But yeah, thank you ever so much, Asha, again. Um, thank, thank you. Thank we'll you so much. We'll see you soon.